fucking ham sandwich. And he looked at me and he goes, it's a fucking ham sandwich. <laughs> episode of the Queens in the City podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us here today. My name is Allison. I'm Cherie. And I'm Megan. If you have not listened to our first two podcasts, we have episode one and two available wherever you get your podcasts. Obviously, it's been a while since any of you have heard from us. There have been some things that have been going on, though, that have been keeping us apart. There have been? Did I miss something? Yeah, like you can't get any toilet paper. I haven't been able to get chicken breasts. Um, I'm blonde now because I haven't been able to make a hair appointment. <laughs> you love blonde, Cherie. I don't. <laughs> but with all that said, we are back and we are allowed to be together. So you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we are set. We are semi out of quarantine, but we're not wearing masks or social distancing. So we're not. You guys are really messing up there. Wow, I brought a mask. I tried to put it on, Sheree made fun of me. Yeah, I was like, why are you wearing that inside of her house? <laughs> Whatever. Well, welcome back to everyone. Um, we're super excited that we were able to get together and finally put out episode three. Today, we are just want to talk a little bit about our Seattle trip. Me and Sheree went on. We talked about that at the uh, end of the last episode, and we were there during a very interesting time. Very interesting. <laughs> and um, we thought we'd go a little bit about our uh, experiences and during the pandemic, and then give a few quick updates about the Olympics, which was a hot topic on episode one. Uh, from there, we're going to talk about a really interesting thing we discovered called aphantasia that affects a small segment of the population. It's really interesting. Shree did some research on it. I just love the topic. Right. We've been wanting to talk about it for a while, so we're just happy to finally have the chance to do that. Absolutely. From there, we thought we'd give you some fun tips on what to do during the quarantine. We found some gyms online that you guys are going to have you planned out your whole quarantine. You're going to love it. Right. Yes. <laughs> Even though right now some places are lifting some, you know, some regulations and stuff. But just in case we have to go back into quarantine, we've got some ideas for you. With that said, we're going to let Sheree and Allison tell us a little bit about their trip to Seattle that happened immediately after our second episode. I'm sure that some of you noticed that their trip happened to occur at the same time of COVID being discovered in the United States and being discovered in Seattle. So, Sheree, why don't you tell us about that experience? For me, <laughs> I had a wonderful time. We went out to the club and we met Rockham Sakura from this past season of RuPaul's Drag Race. She picked me up. She I loved did. it. How tall was she in person? Uh, I'm not the best. Neither of us are the best judge. No, but that. she's taller than us, so probably five, six, five, eight, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Between five, six, and five, eight, probably. Well, she was wearing some pretty large or heels. She, yeah. She so. looks really tall on TV. Yeah. yeah. She was really nice, though. Like, super nice. That's awesome. Yeah. You always yeah. love to hear that. We met her, did some sightseeing, stuff like that. Nothing like... What's your favorite? Favorite? What's the... <laughs> what is your favorite site that you saw? I, I really like the aquarium. The aquarium was pretty cool. I was cool. just about to say, Cherie loved the aquarium. Um, <laughs> More than like <laughs> Um That's for other reasons we're not going to talk about on this. She sat in front of the otters for 30 minutes and said, I don't want to leave. <laughs> yeah, I sat and watched them bathe themselves for like 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But their harbor seals were also really The harbor cool. seals are really cute. And you can watch them, for viewers listening at home, you can watch them from your home. They have a live camera. For the seals and for the otters, you can watch them. Awesome. From the website. And uh, you can brush, you brush seals' teeth. What? 
They brush their teeth. Oh, yeah. I was like, we didn't brush their teeth. <laughs> I mean, that would be cool. I would totally do that. That would have been pretty cool. But I would pay to do so that. So the aquarium was cool. We went to, I like the Museum of Pop Culture because they had a bunch of different exhibits. Like a sci-fi one, a fantasy one, a horror yeah, Harry one. Potter stuff. Was the gift yeah. shop incredible? Actually, no. Oh, wow. No, no not great. That's disappointing. Yeah. I know, but the this stuff was pretty cool. Probably like a licensing thing. You would still think. They had a lot of stuff that you could find at like Hot Topic and stuff like um, that. And yeah, like, it wasn't like stuff. It was just stuff ex- that they're reselling. Right. Yeah, it wasn't it was exclusive. Super disappointing. It wasn't yeah. exclusive to Mopop, so. Super disappointing. Allison, on the other hand, you let us know how you were feeling during our traveling. I was totally chill. Mm. Lies. I was fine. Lies. <laughs> we got updates about COVID. Every probably 10 to 15 minutes. And eventually my cousin had to be like, Allison, I don't, I don't want to hear about that today. <laughs> the funny thing about all of that too is because while you were there, like I'm here obviously seeing all of the headlines about this many cases confirmed in Seattle. We have like a confirmed death, blah, 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 blah. And so like the hardest thing for me was to not share that information with anyone because I didn't want it to get back to you guys because I didn't want you guys to like be afraid on your entire trip and not enjoy yourselves because you're already there. What are you going to do? about oh, no. it you're already there but then right we had later on i found out that allison was doing way more damage than i ever I was basically done. like a 24 7 news network we had our own news ticker so just to give you just to give the audience an idea so when we went to seattle seattle they had just confirmed cases in seattle at the nursing home at the nursing homes in kirkland i mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. when we're going there it, it really wasn't as big of a deal in the u.s Basically, when we went, I was nervous before we went a little bit, but we're still fine with going. Right. And, like, on the plane, the way there, the plane was packed. No one was wearing a mask. We wiped down surfaces and we, stuff. We did. We wiped down, we brought, like, Lysol wipes, wiped down all of our surfaces. We had a lot of hand sanitizer. Yeah. Thank you, Bath and Body Works. Nathan's, <laughs> Nathan's actually exploded when he went to open it. Puts him out. It, like, went everywhere and got on some <laughs> random man's face. I just want to put something in his face. Oh, no. <laughs> That's and then while we were there is when they started getting cases outside of the nursing home and finding out that there are more and more cases of COVID in Seattle. Literally, we land and everything's normal. And as the we were there for what five six days five days five days from the first day everything kind of got. Le- there were less and less people as you went through. Yeah. You know, we went to the aquarium, which is a big attraction in Seattle. Well, the last full day we had. Yeah, the last full day we had, we went to the aquarium. No one hardly was there. Yeah. It was a couple people. Well, everything, it just escalated so quickly. Like, when the day you guys left, it was just like, COVID-19 is a thing, but you don't need to be afraid of it. And then by the time it was the last day of your trip, it was like, COVID-19 is in the United States. If you don't need to go to Seattle, don't go there. Right. Everyone yeah. in Seattle needs to stay home. <laughs> right. <laughs> But you guys were already not home, so... They literally shut down Seattle while we were there, pretty much. During the five-day span is when Amazon workers stopped going in. Downtown was was not dead, but it was deaf. You could tell there weren't a lot of people Now, here's my question I've been holding out on that. Because, like, the people of Seattle, like, all took that caution that was given to them and decided to start staying home while you guys were there, did you guys get killer deals at restaurants? Like, were they running killer specials? No. No. Uh, nope. I assume they would be. I'm sorry. No, because it just it just started to, like, hit its peak towards when we were about to leave. Yeah, so, so they weren't clo- They hadn't closed right. restaurants yet, but definitely they were doing enhanced, like, sanitizing procedures at the attractions that we went to and, yeah. and the museums. Uh, now, did you notice a difference with the airport between the time that you arrived at the Seattle airport and then when you were leaving? Was there, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, like I said, on the way there, the plane was packed. There, there was no, not an empty seat on the plane. On the way back, we all could have stretched out on our own row. Right. Yep. Wow. That and they were playing a continuous message through the airports. 
uh, about COVID. It felt kind of weird because yeah. the airport was dead. And right. A lot of people were wearing masks. Yep. Mm-hmm. On the flight home, did you have to wear masks? No. 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 We wouldn't even know where we could have got them at that point either because we were at the airport. Yeah. It's not like they were selling them or anything. Yeah, so there were a lot of people unmasked and definitely no crowd at all at the airport and the plane was... Well, there was that one crowd of like those school kids that I guess had to cut their trip short, I overheard. There was probably like 20 to 25 of these school kids that came right before our flight left and they had to cut their, whatever they were doing, I don't know what they were doing, but they had to cut it short. Yeah, the school trip to Seattle and they had to, ended up leaving. (laughs) Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was It was definitely, a, it felt like an apocalyptic experience. Um, right. It was still fun, though. We still, we had a lot of fun. Oh, I mean, it, I mean, to see the aquarium without any crowds. I think if yeah. Allison, if someone had somehow kept Allison from the news, she would have had a lot more fun. She had fun anyway. Yeah. I had fun. Yeah. She just was a little, a little paranoid. I mean, with good reason. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it was still fun. We had a lot of fun. We, we actually spent a lot more time at our Airbnb than we did when we were in New York, which is kind of nice because we just got to h- hang out, listen to music, drink. It's nice and, for decompression. Right. Too. So me and Nathan danced with some music videos. Beyonce. Yeah. We took over the TV. Yeah. Speaking of Nathan, hours. I believe I recall hearing that something occurred with Nathan in the bathroom immediately after your arrival in Seattle. Does anyone care to share? What happened with that? <laughs> he blew the toilet up, basically. Made the whole bottom have the house stink. That's what happened. <laughs> Maybe flying does something to him. That's unusual. Oh, yeah. On the on the ride there, he wanted a breakfast sandwich from the airline, which, one, I don't know why he would do that in the first place. Two. He was hungry. It was a fucking. But your flight was at, like, 5 no. in the morning. It was a fucking ham sandwich that you would get at, like, lunchtime. It was like a to sub. Me, no. And he looked at me and he goes. It's a fucking ham sandwich. <laughs> Why do I want to eat this at six o'clock in the morning? <laughs> to be fair to him, he thought it was like a croissant ham and cheese sandwich. Which no, he thought like it was like a sausage thing. Well, Nathan, I hope you learned your lesson, and next time you will arrive at the airport on time so you can get a breakfast sandwich from the Starbucks in the airport. Like because we human. we had breakfast. Allison and I had breakfast. Yeah, we did. Yeah, but very Nathan, nice breakfast. But Nathan got there late, so he had to eat a fucking ham sandwich at six o'clock in the morning. What did you get for being late? I forgot about the ham sandwich. <laughs> Seattle in the case of the ham sandwich. <laughs> That's how our Seattle trip went. If you have any other questions, you can always tweet us and we can answer those. Something else I wanted to touch on too. Um, obviously, when Sheree and Allison and the gang arrived home from Seattle, they quarantined themselves because yeah. everything hit the fan while they were there sightseeing. So good, responsible citizens. They quarantined themselves. At the end of the 14-day mark, none of them appeared to have any symptoms. But like a day or two after the 14-day mark, one of our good pals did experience symptoms. I guess I'll let her speak to that on her own. So, Allison, please tell us your experience (laughs) of your COVID symptoms. So, I quarantined for 14 days, like you said, um, and I was looking for symptoms, and so I started to get a cough. As you can tell, I was a little bit paranoid about the coronavirus. So I actually actually went and got tested for coronavirus. I did not have it, <laughs> just so everyone knows. But I actually went, I was one of the first tests done at a local hospital. I want to um, add, too, there day. was a little, it, she's being very modest right now about the little bit of a cough. Um, she was experiencing some severe symptoms that indicated that something was definitely not okay with her health. And that's why she went to get tested. She didn't just, like, have a 
allergy cough and say, I need to get this test. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was really scary. I was concerned. Everyone. Yeah, I was concerned, which is why I went and got it. And because I've been in Seattle, they did decide to give me a test. So, which I'm fine now. So I don't know what I have, but it was not COVID. What was the testing experience like? I wasn't allowed in the emergency room. I got taken, they had a separate, it was their first day doing it. So it was a lot of confusion, but they had a separate trailer set up outside for the coronavirus testing. So I got there and I kind of just sat outside for a long time because they wouldn't let me in. They actually wheeled me into the emergency room and then like wheeled me back out because they were like, no, 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 <laughs> because they called ahead of me. Right. So you're just sitting outside? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I was sitting outside. So <laughs> to be fair, that was the first day. It was the first day. There yeah. was a lot of confusion around it. So I was sitting outside. It was pretty cold still. So that part wasn't great. But then I was able to go in and I had to call to be registered because I wasn't allowed to go into the building. Then they did a coronavirus test, which was not pleasant. It feels like and I think there are different ways to do it now. But at that time, it was those long swabs that you may have seen Donald Trump pull me up on TV. And it basically feels like you, like they're hitting your brain <laughs> through yeah. your nose. It was not pleasant, but it's not that painful. It's just weird. But after I got the test, I obviously quarantined for another 14 days. On the 13th day is when I got my results. <laughs> so it took me 13 days to get the result. By that point, I was feeling a lot better. So I wasn't too concerned. But I did think I had it because I had the symptoms right. and found out that I was negative. That's good. But yeah. 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 We're happy that you were negative. It's just a that it took so long for them to tell you that. Yeah. To uh, maybe Cherie's point, I think a lot of it was my paranoia around it, too. I don't think that helped the situation. I would say no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, definitely. If you're already afraid and worried about something and then you start to exhibit some of the symptoms you're gonna think that's not even just some of the symptoms but cough has been primarily like the main symptom that you've heard about right and when you're already afraid of that and you know you've been directly in an area that's been heavily impacted by it of course you're gonna think jump to the worst conclusion any of us would right absolutely and then when you know you consult them they're like yeah you definitely get a test you're like oh geez (laughs) (laughs) when a doctor's telling you like yeah we need to test you So after they tested you, what did they do? Did they check you for other symptoms or for anything else that could be causing those symptoms? No, because my oxygen levels were fine. And um, they did some tests on me. um, And I was fine. I wasn't in any distress. So they basically, I just walked out of the trailer and then I had to wait for Kathan to come pick me up because I wasn't allowed to go in the hospital. So I just kind of awkwardly sat on the curb for like 15 minutes. (laughs) Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Again, this was their first day, so I think they're probably a lot more organized around it now, but... A lot more efficient. Yeah. I would imagine, yeah. You would hope. Yeah, but Kenton County is where I live, and it's been hit really hard, so... But that was my experience getting tested for coronavirus, and I'm glad I didn't have it, so... We are too. <laughs> We're glad you didn't have it either. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your experience. In light of everything that's been going on, I feel like everyone's probably noticed that the Olympics this summer have been postponed. Anyone that has listened to our first episode knows that we have been discussing the Summer Olympics, and we did so in that first episode. So with that, we have some, we have some questions. We do. We, we want to get answers to right. these questions. Yes. If you recall, those Olympians had how many condoms prepared to be delivered to them? Like a hundred thousand. Over like a hundred thousand. So just to backtrack a little bit, the Olympics have been postponed until uh, July 23rd, 2021, ending on Sunday, August 8th. And this was the, so as we talked about in our previous episode, 
they wanted these Olympics to happen. Yes. Japan wanted them to happen. Yeah. They held out for a long time and faced a lot of international pressure. Right. To have these Olympics. They even backed up their well, nuclear soil. And then let's move on. <laughs> I do want to take a moment to reflect, and I guess maybe to show respect to the one Japanese man that took his own life from being, because he'd been so overworked preparing for the Olympics. So you have people that have lost their lives preparing for something that's not even going to happen now. Well, it's postponed. Well, I mean, it's something that he didn't, he had more time to prepare for than... Exactly. So we talked in our previous episode about how adamant the the Japanese government were to have these games, the big revenue driver, and they obviously waited for the last minute pretty much to postpone the Olympics. Uh, and so we have some questions about that because a lot of people think that we don't know if we should have these Olympics. Right. In 2021. I mean, I have questions that aren't directly about that. <laughs> so, Allison, why do people think we should not have the Olympics? Well, if you think about it, there's a lot of logistical problems with having the Olympics in 2021. This disease is still spreading the globe. It's still going to be here in 2021. So how can you protect your athletes, your participants, as well as your audience? In regards to the audience thing, I know that there's other countries that have been having like their sports stuff happen without audience members to watch. So they could... I mean, you could have them compete without fans. So, in their plans, actually, with the but you still have people traveling from every single country internationally, and then plus their crew joining together. Yeah, plus their trainers. I know. um, Obviously, there's many of those sports that they have where they can't social distance while they're playing them or competing. I'm so athletic. (laughs) (laughs) So. In their plans, it says that the athletes are going to have to arrive a month early for them to get tested or to ensure they have antibodies, the vaccine. And some of these countries at this point, I mean, there's so many countries that contribute. Some of these poorer countries aren't going to have the vaccine. No. Exactly. They're not going to be able to afford it. There are some countries that don't even have, like, testing in place, right? Yeah, it's been so hard to get materials and and, uh, PPE, which we've all learned what PPE is. (laughs) <laughs> during this whole thing. Uh, so, logistically, how can you ensure that there's not one athlete that's going to infect all the athletes or, you know, everyone or a coach, in there, or, or a coach, yeah. something like that? Uh, so, realistically, I, I don't see how that is going to work. Uh, also, if you do have audience members, are they going to have to get tested as well? Are they going to have to arrive a month early? Right. And the amount well, of people then that back come to here, them arriving a month early, so what the test... The athletes go, they get tested and screened, and then are they supposed to just quarantine for a month and stay away from everyone? I I would imagine. That would be, that'd be That's my, my guess. assumption. Yeah. So, we're really upset about this. Um, so, we're really interested to see how this is going to pan out. I personally don't think there's any way that they can pull this off in right. a safe manner. And it's a shame, too, because, I mean, I know we joked a lot about the Olympics in our first episode when we discussed it, but... The athletes that compete in the Olympics, they train and prepare their entire lives to get to that moment. And for some of them, that might be their only chance to make it there. Mm -hmm. Like this year may have been their only chance to go. It may have been, they may be an older athlete and this might have been their last chance to win a medal at the Olympics. It's really, it's sad. It is. I think it's sad for the 
for the participants as well as you know there's a lot of people that want to travel to the olympics and you know japan especially wants to show their pride and not just the revenue they want to show their pride and culture and right it's like an honor to be the host you Mm -hmm. know absolutely but now if they do still have the olympics in 2021 we've got some questions we have some other questions okay so speaking directly to the official olympic committee you now have time to implement all the suggestions we had on episode one. Great. <laughs> right. you, have, you have a year. Sheree, can you uh, get our audience up to speed on what those great suggestions were? All right. Number one. What the fuck are they going to do with all those condoms? Do they expire? <laughs> I think they do. But I don't know. But how long? How long? Like, right. These how- have already... Well, beyond that... Do they just need to throw them all away anyway and make new ones? Because those would be corrupted with the corona. That's true. Right. So Have they been in quarantine? The condoms? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they've been in like a closet somewhere or something and they're just waiting to get them out. I don't know. I but don't know how you're... That's a big closet. That's an awfully big condom closet. <laughs> how big do you think condoms are? They're not that big. Educate us, Sheree. They're not that big. They're in a package. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to tell you. So approximately how much space would 100,000 condoms take up? I would think closet. I don't know though. Am I a condom expert? I I got a garage level on this. I think someone's garage is full of condoms. Boxes. We need to do an experiment for the people. We're gonna buy a hundred thousand condoms. Kind of space you need to store one hundred thousand. You know what? You know what? I'm committing. I'm gonna do some dimension measurements on the next episode. All right, you'll come back and let us know. Tell you exactly how much space this is taking up in someone's closet, garage, or house. Someone is storing these somewhere, and we just want to know if they're going to have to We want to make sure. Yeah. On that note, whoever has been storing them somewhere has probably been on lockdown, and I bet they've gone through a decent amount of those. <laughs> think of that. Oh, okay. that's true. So less space. They're probably thinking, what am I going to do We're with all these? We're on to you, condom keeper. <laughs> <laughs> You're busted. But then, if they can use them, if they haven't expired, then they're going to know something's missing because some athlete's going to be without That's what I'm saying. We just cracked the case, so we deserve free tickets to the Olympics. But... Probably aren't going to happen. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, Olympic Committee. We All right. Okay. Okay. We're going to move on from the condom question. Okay. okay. Moving on from the condom question. What about the cardboard beds? They're biodegradable. So are they going to last to withhold next year? The body mass. Only two. Remember, only two, not three. I think it depends on if they've been assembled or not. I would assume that they've been assembled. Where are you storing all of those cardboard beds? Probably with the condoms. In the Olympic Village. In the Olympic Village. Maybe the condoms are just in each Man, of the athletes' Man, if anyone rooms. has been quarantined in that Olympic Village, it's lit right now. <laughs> <laughs> they got everything they need. And the big question, of course, that they still haven't reached out to us about, but they need to. We are here for you. Will they have enough time to implement our poolside crawling Thor race? <laughs> I think they do. I think, I, they I do. think they could. I think Chris Hemsworth would be totally up for this. I don't know about being completely naked. I don't know how he feels about that. I never said he had to be naked. You did. You said <laughs> he, he didn't have to speedo. wear a thong. No, you said he, he doesn't have, have to wear, wear a spe- By that, I mean he can like wear normal shorts. No, she wants him to be naked is no, what she wants. That's weird. You said, he didn't have to, too far. you said he didn't have to wear a Speedo, so I would assume that he was not wearing anything at all. No. So logistically, you know, they have a lot of time to put this event together, get some hype out about it, you know. Right. Get that Thor race here's a resource, you know, if they want to reach out to us. They've got enough time now, is all I'm yeah. saying. I mean, we'll call, I'll call Chris Hemsworth. I'll you want a good it. turnout at the Olympics? We're your girls. We got you. I know. We're I can gonna... come up with all kinds of games. <laughs> just, just the crawling one. Just though. the crawling Thor swimming in the pool race. I think it did really increase a lot of hype about the Olympics. People are going to want to watch this. I think this. it would be the most tuned in Olympics if they just aired that. They didn't have to do anything else, just that. 
yes. like one race. But, you know, I guess we'll see. All right, Sheree, so you are the perfect person to lead us into our main segment for today's show, which is what I referenced earlier, uh, called Aphantasia. Yeah, um, so we have a group chat with our friends, and there's something brought up, this was pre-quarantine, um, about an article that was circulating regarding people being unable to visualize, or in other words, like, use their imagination, and people who do not have an inner monologue. Essentially, people, like, picturing things in their head. Right. With the, the inability to do so. Yes. Which right. is insane to me as someone who is able to do that. Correct. Um, and Fantasia means imagination in Greek. It's the condition where you're unable to form pictures. You know, examples are you couldn't picture your best friend's face, what your house looks like. Or, you know, people always are like, picture an apple. What color is it? What is it ripe? Is it, you know... Degrading. Is it a green apple or red apple? Yeah, exactly. And there's many people that say that the more questions you ask when you ask someone that, the more that you're creating that image for them. They're not really necessarily picturing it themselves. themselves. Mm-hmm. They just believe that they are because that's what you're suggesting they picture. Right. But in these cases, people that have this, that have aphantasia can't picture at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Whether through suggestion or not. Correct. Right. Uh, the disorder was first really came to light in the 1880s. No extensive research had been done until Adam Zeman, who was a professor of cognitive and behavioral neurology, was approached by a man who they identify as MX in 2003. Um, MX was a retired surveyor and prior to surgery he had, he loved to read and could visualize things easily. After the surgery, he came to Adam with the usual problem. He claimed he couldn't see pictures or images of his friends, family, in his head anymore. So, you know, how, like, you could read a book and you're picturing something, right. what it looks like in your head. And I believe with him, his complaint was it's things that he's been, things Able. he's experienced, people that have been in his life forever, images that he has pictured prior to the surgery he no longer can picture. Correct. So it's like, it's it's something that happened to him after the surgery was done, which is kind of weird, because you're like, how could a heart surgery you know, affect your brain. Your right. Which I mean I guess kinda can, but it just think about it as like a whole thing. You're like, how does that You wouldn't to that? normally associate the two. Right. Tests on his visual imagination were done in several different ways. Compared to control subjects, MX scored poorly on questionnaires assessing his ability to produce visual image imagery. Surprisingly though, he was able to accomplish tasks that typically involved some type of visual visualization. For example, when he was asked to say which is a lighter color of green grass, or pine trees. Now, we want you listeners at home, or in your car, or wherever you're listening, to picture that. Picture in your head which is lighter, grass, a blade of grass, or a pine tree. Which one is lighter? Okay, that's enough time for you to have made up your mind. Allison, which do you feel is lighter? I would say grass. I would also say grass, but I know that our answers are for different reasons. Grass as well. Okay. Now, Cherie will explain to you what I mean by our answers being the same, but for different reasons. So, most people would decide this by imagining both grass and pine trees and pine trees. Pine trees. (laughs) And comparing them inside of their head. MX correctly said that pine trees are darker than grass, but he insisted he used no visual imagery to make that decision. And now, see, when I made my decision, it was the same thing. I just 
Because you just know the answer. Yeah. Like, I didn't picture it. Yeah. But I know that when Allison did that, she did picture it. Absolutely. I'm yeah. picturing, you know, gra- I'm tr- picturing, like, a tree planted in grass. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, as Megan said, she just knew the answer. She knows that grass is lighter than pine trees, which is what MX told Dr. Zeman. Same thing. So, he was also shown two pictures of three-dimensional objects and asked to say if they were the same item. So, picture before and after being rotated on its axis, were they different or were they the same? Yet, in contrast to the control control group, he took longer to decide, and the time he took did not depend on how it was rotated. So, that's really interesting to me that they're basically treating him like, you don't know what he's talking about. Exactly. (laughs) They did, and they have these tests for that, and they actually have something called a functional magnetic resonance imaging, or fMRI, which supported his his claim that he can't produce a mental image. So how this works is generally when people are asked to visualize a person, place, or an object, a network consisting of various brain regions is activated, and they're able to see that. So in this test, the visual regions showed very little activity, whereas those responsible for decision-making and error prediction were more active. It sounds more like the logical part of his brain when he is asked whether something's, which one's lighter or darker, it's his logical brain that's thinking of it more than his, you know, the brain. That, yeah, exactly. So that's really interesting, you know, that finding supportive that he's basic, his brain's working in a different way than a normal person. So they actually published all these findings for their study of MX, and it brought a lot of people out that also have this aphantasia, which what, it wasn't a thing at the time, right, Sheree? Right, so all of them came to Zeman saying they have never been able to create images. So unlike MX in whom the problem was new because he had that surgery, the disorder was not called aphantasia until after new findings were published in 2015. So many people with aphantasia realized only after these studies were published that there was such a thing as like seeing with your mind's eye. And many found it comforting to know that there was a name for it now and something to distinguish themselves from other people. They had, they'd found it hard to describe, you know, to their friends and their family what exactly aphantasia, like, they couldn't, they didn't have a word for it, so. They couldn't describe what they didn't know. What they know. didn't know, exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's one, when you visualize or picture something, it's such, something that's so secondhand, you don't even realize you're doing it. If you didn't know about this condition and someone was trying to explain to you their experience with it, it just would sound not right. Like, you wouldn't be able to understand it, I don't think. Exactly. And I think one of the things that was interesting when we were reading through this was that a lot of these, a lot of people with aphantasia didn't realize it until they were teenagers or even adults. Because it's normal to them. Exactly. It's a normal experience for them. So you can't tell tell somebody something that you don't know right. <laughs> is right. wrong. It's honestly, it's similar to having a specific accent or dialect. If you're raised around people your entire life and have a, sim- a specific dialect or accent or jargon, that's different than like the mainstream norm. You don't realize that until you travel outside of that bubble. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, wait a second, I'm the one that's different. Also, how many times would it come up to say like, huh, Sheree, do you picture things in your head? Right. It's not something, that, it's not <laughs> something you bring up in normal conversation. And for those people with that condition, it's quite possible that when someone said that, they just interpret it as think about this thing. Mm-hmm. Or, exactly. just, or just agreed with it. So they wouldn't have to explain like, Hey, that, that doesn't actually happen. Like, or the exactly. logical part of their brain took over and they didn't know they were missing And that's anything. more than likely what was exactly. happening is that logical part of their brain filling in. With this research on aphantasia, it's raised, you know, a number of questions. One is whether or not aphantasia exists at all. Could people who think they're not able to make mental images simply be describing their images differently than the rest of us do? That's a good point, yeah. 
Neurological findings such as these in the case of MX support the claim that aphantasia is real. For another, people who report lacking a mind's eye sometimes have other abnormalities related to visualization. It's really interesting. Uh, some of the individuals with aphantasia don't have a great autobiographical memory or remembrance of events in their lives, such as their wedding or, you know, faces, like we said, your best friend's face, or your family's face. And also they suffer from prosopagnosia, which is impaired face recognition. So, which makes sense because if you're not used to creating faces, then how can you overlay that and recognize people. So that was really interesting to me. It kind of, to me, it implies that that section of your brain, the visualized section of your brain, it's kind of like a little computer that's storing images for your own memory. Obviously, if that's impaired, you would have a more difficult time, you would assume, recognizing things because it's not storing quite the same. Absolutely. And does this affect how... I would think it would affect how you would meet people because a lot of people recognize each other by their face. I mean, people deal with it differently, so it can vary from person to person. Someone who would like to learn to visualize, but no one's managed to do that yet. So according to Zenman, several test subjects have reported that they have been able to see with their eyes, with their eyes closed, under psychedelic hallucinogenic drugs. Oh, which that's interesting. interesting. That's coming back, though. Like, a lot of different types of neurologists and, like, psychiatrists and stuff are starting to use hallucinogenic drugs for various different things. I mean, it would make... Scientifically, it would make sense because it's going to trigger that area of the brain exactly. to kind of, it's like flipping a switch to turn it on, it Absolutely. sounds like. It's been about 15 years since MX brought aphantasia to Dr. Zaman's attention. He was able to get back some of his ability to visualize. Presumably his brain, you know, recreated, recreated those connections that he had that had been damaged during the stroke, which is part of the surgery that he had, and his brain built new connections, which we know the brain can do. Oh, Okay. So when MX dreams at night, he does see images, and occasionally when someone mentions a place that he knows, an image does pop into his head. So it's a happy story in the end. For him. Kind of. Yeah, like that's Unfortunately, most people that have suffered it throughout their whole lives, that does not it's, happen. It's not something that they're going to get back. Right. Or gain, because they haven't had and it And I wonder, it does make you wonder if that just means that that connection was never in place in the first, in the first place exactly. Yeah. So you have aphantasia. There's the other end of the spectrum. So that's hyper-aphantasia. People with hyper-aphantasia describe pictures like that are extremely vivid, and they don't know the difference if it's real or wow. if it's not real. Okay. They feel like it's happening to them right in that moment. So it can sound like, oh, that'd be cool. Like, you're living in kind of this... Your own little fantasy your own world. world. Like, and, you know, visualize anything and it feels like I'm there. But that can be potentially, one, confusing, and two, make individuals more susceptible to symptoms as flashbacks. So you see that with, like, PTSD patients. If something like that were to be flashing back into your head... Right, if you just had every memory permanently stored in your mind so vividly, well, that too. wouldn't necessarily be a great thing. So the first thing when I read this that pops in my head is physical artists yeah. because uh, you, you look at something you're like oh my goodness how could you create like painters how could you start with a blank canvas and create what's in especially what's in when you watch their process i am far from an artist but when you watch artists paint at least with me anyway as soon as they start painting i'm like what the heck are they painting it doesn't make it any seems sense impossible. and then by the yeah. end of it it's something gorgeous and beautiful 
Maybe there's some hyperfantasia. Hyperfantasia. <laughs> yeah, so I found a quote from an artist, Claire Dudini. She said, it's not always possible to hold those images for long in the day because of the distractions of everything else that's happening around her. But at night, you can get so lost in the imagined world that it feels like it's real. Sometimes the only way I can tell if it's a dream is when I'm doing something that I can't normally do, like fly, breathe underwater. I mean, if you have hyperfantasia, it can be kind of tricky. But when people describe something to you and you have this, you can visualize it so strongly that it makes it feel like it's actually happening to you. Yeah, I've had this, I feel, with dreams. So I've definitely had dreams that are vivid enough that when I wake up that I think that that's happened to me. One time, I had a dream so real, and I was so sad when I woke up and realized it wasn't real because I had adopted a litter of puppies. They were adorable. Aww. I would love to wake up to just a litter of puppies. <laughs> I know, that's why I was like, oh man, that wasn't real. One time you lose some, I guess. Right? (laughs) Claire also said in the article that I read that she can watch gruesome things on TV and be perfectly fine, but a passage in a book can bring up such vivid images that she faints. That's my favorite quote from her interview because I think that really provides the depth of living with that condition of hyperinfantasia. Right. And so it's kind of sad that people with aphantasia really, if they were thinking of something, they can't bring it to fruition. It would be harder, I guess, for them to bring it to fruition, like like a physical artist. Right. Right. Absolutely. When we were researching this topic, another rare disorder caught our eye, the presence of no internal dialogue. I am hopeful that we can discuss that with you guys sometimes in the future, but you will have to convince Cherie to do that because she does not seem as interested in that as I am. No, I'm not saying that I'm not interested. It's just, I don't know, we could ask you guys, but I talk to myself in my head all the time. Right, like, and that's what this disorder, if I wasn't clear, um, by internal dialogue, I mean people that don't hear their thoughts within their own head. I don't think I read tree. Sometimes my internal dialogue goes external. I'm talking to myself, so. <laughs> I do that too. I do that too. But, or to my dog. Does that count? <laughs> I mean, I talk to my cats, so they get, they get some of that too. But just, yeah, thinking about someone who, as being a person who can hear their thoughts and talk to themselves within their head, I couldn't imagine being someone that doesn't have that. My husband, I think he's on some sort of spectrum with this because he can't really visualize things he says states that he can't visualize things that easily and he always likes to read nonfiction books whereas I can't stand reading nonfiction books I always like to read the fictional books because I can see them so I think there is something to that I don't know if he has would have aphantasia but it's kind of funny that after going into this and seeing the logical part versus the creative part of your brain that we read on those very separate lines. <laughs> yeah. But do you also think that people who have aphantasia and the people who have no inner dialogue, they could not have either? That would be interesting. Because you got to think on the side of the on that side of the brain. That's true. It would still be that logical side firing up. Questions to think about. Let us know if you want us to st- to discuss the internal dialogue because I really do. I think it's really fascinating. I think it's just neat to learn that everyone is different and try to be understanding of how other people's minds work. Absolutely. And before we end this segment, I would like each of you to reach out to us and let us know what you think. Are you able to visualize images or are you not able to visualize images? If you read a fictional book where the author is painting this wonderful scape of a land, are you able to picture what they're painting for you? Or are you more like Kathan where it just seems like words on a page? Do you have an internal monologue? Do you not have an internal monologue? Do you have dreams about puppies? And litters of puppies. <laughs> Do you want to wake up to a litter of puppies? <laughs> so now we'll transition to our final segment. I am so excited about this. And... I'm sure sure you are too. (laughs) So the first thing we want to do is kind of go around the table since we like to kind of incorporate a little bit of ourselves into each episode and talk about what we kind of are day in the life. (laughs) 
since quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> since quarantine, what we've like doing, um, how it's been going for us, and then. We want to talk about some great ideas we have for you guys. You're going to love these ideas. We have found incredible <laughs> I don't suggestions know I incredible. for you to They're pass your time funny. at home. <laughs> and these suggestions work for anyone. If you have a family, awesome. You got kids, you can do it. You live alone, great. We've got you. So with that, Megan, do you want to start off with how quarantine has been working out for you? Because you are in a fun situation with a two-year-old <laughs> and working from home. It's been insanity. <laughs> it's essentially exactly what you said. Um, Clayton's considered an essential employee, so he has not been... If anything, I feel like he's been working more. And Clayton's your husband. Have yes. we that? <laughs> yes. Um, at first, it was really scary because when they first initiated the lockdown, I think the first three weeks, he was specifically working at the hospital where they were testing coronavirus patients. And then when that finished, he was working at the airport. So that was a little sense of stress all on its own. But for me personally, I have been working from home. It was great for a week. And then the daycare's closed. Oh, And no. so it's just, <laughs> it's been a wild ride. I'm very lucky though. My boss has a child that's close to Biscuit's age. So he's been very understanding that obviously I'm in a difficult position and he also is working at home with his small child so he's been very understanding but all I want to say is for everyone that's been complaining about their zoom meetings try it with a two-year-old yes <laughs> Megan has sent us a video where she was on the floor in her in her living room on a zoom call and her daughter is just using her back as a trampoline <laughs> it's nuts it's nuts I just reached a point where I just give in and whatever is going to make her happy for that time is what she's allowed to do. Right. I mean, if that's it keeps her busy. Gotta do. Clayton wasn't too happy last week. He came home. I didn't realize she was being really, I thought, well-behaved for my last Zoom of the day. And he got home and went in the kitchen and she apparently had gotten into our shelf that houses all of our cereal and she took every box of cereal. She had taken every box of cereal, every single box, dumped them all into one big pile and then was also trying to clean it up with her broom. But by doing that was just making it worse. (laughs) It was like she was just slingshotting it all over the kitchen. We were cleaning up cereal for like four days. When they're quiet, they're usually doing something they shouldn't be doing. She wanted a snack. I can understand that. It was wild. Cereal mountain. (laughs) It's nuts. But then at the same time, because obviously they're speaking of opening daycares again, so everyone keeps asking me if I'm excited about that, but that kind of makes me nervous too, because then she's going to be going around other kids, and she's a thumb sucker. All their contacts, yeah. Right. She's a thumb sucker. Kids put stuff in their mouths. They're not going to social distance, and then you have to worry about, well, who's that kid been exposed to? Where do his parents work? What kind of germs is she going to come into contact with then? Like, at least with her being home with me, yeah, it's stressful, but I know that she's going to stay safe and healthy that way. Right, yeah. Absolutely. I would be worried too, but I'm sure your back will thank you. Yes, it definitely will. (laughs) Something fun I also did. I finally watched Desperate Housewives. I know I'm a decade late. Highly recommend. Loved it. <laughs> it she talked about Des- Desperate Housewives for like two weeks. Ooh, it, it was, and I'm like, I don't care. It was an emotional roller coaster. I laughed. I cried. Oh my God. Live, laugh, love. I, I did all of those things through that show. Oh man. Loved it. Highly recommend. Jesus. Now let's transition <laughs> most... Oppositely as we can, Cherie, how has your quarantine been? So, For those of you who don't know, Cherie lives by herself with her cats. Yes, I live alone. I have two cats. 
Watson and Finn, they're awesome. So yeah, I have been working from home. After we came back from Seattle, I didn't go to work for three weeks. At your, at at your, your work's behest, right. right? Yeah, so they had me quarantined when I got back. Yeah, was out, didn't go to work for three weeks. And then I went back for one day, and then we found out we had cases inside of our building, and I was like, not coming back. So I was off for like another two weeks, and then I finally got my stuff to work from home. So I've been working from home with my cats. They like to sit on my desk and watch birds. I made them a little makeshift bed because they literally have to be near me 24-7. I've binge-watched shows. I watched The Office again for like the 15th time. <laughs> I have a problem. Just to pretend that you're around co-workers. No, not that because I could care less. But um, <laughs> I just really love that show. Plus it's easy to have on when you're like working because I know what's going on so I don't actually have to pay attention to it. That makes sense. Well, it's just a good show to take your mind off everything. Right. Yeah. I also re- rewatched Parks and Rec. No one should be surprised about that. I clean my house. I'm very messy. <laughs> I'm an extremely messy person for living by myself. And I also rewatched all of the Star Wars movies in order in which they were released. Ooh, I left that out. Biscuit watched the first trilogy of Star Wars and she loves it. Yes. I've been teaching her how to use the Force with her hand and that's precious. It's I- adorable. I hear uh, Indiana Jones makes a great performance in the Star Wars movies. Oh my god. <laughs> Him and those little bears. Oh, no. <laughs> Every single time we're together. Did you watch the movie with the little bears? Allison, they're not called little bears. They're called Ewoks. Thank you. But yeah. They're, but they're little bears. They're not. <laughs> yes, I guess technically they are little bears, but they're not called little bears. I don't think they are technically bears at all, though. <laughs> not, like, not like bears like we think that they're bears, but on indoor they're would be considered bears. She would argue with me on this because <coughs> they look like little bears. Another we episode. We could do a whole episode on this. Oh my god. Okay. Anyway, that's been pretty much the extent of my quarantine. I haven't really done a whole lot. Nathan comes over from time to time to hang out. Oh. Yeah, we weren't really social distancing. Also during quarantine, um, I had mentioned earlier before we started the Aphantasia segment that we have a group chat with all of our friends. We've been talking to each other over Facebook Messenger, like the video messaging, every night around 7, 8 o'clock. And it's been kind of like a constant thing for all of us, I think, to be able to talk to, talk to each other yeah. and see what everyone's doing. And now that things are starting to loosen up, loosen up a little bit here in Kentucky we will eventually be able to kind of gather with one another <laughs> yeah, instead of just talking through our phone. Well, we did have that social distance gather thing at my house. There's a local musician named Brian McCartney who's been doing something called the Truck Bed Sing Along Tour, and you can book him now to come to your street and perform for you from the back of his truck bed. It's a lot of fun. It is really cool. But I booked him, gosh, I guess about a month ago or so, and I told the gang and everyone, not everyone, but a lot of them were able to come and set up little chairs and stay six feet apart to feel like we were together, enjoy the concert. It's something we're and not that, It was just to. nice yeah, it's something to we're not... actually see them, even right. though we couldn't be close to one another. Yeah, it's just something that we're not kind of used to because we're all pretty close to one another. Right. And not being able to be around one another has been a little bit difficult. I mean, since, I mean, Megan and I live pretty close to one another. Yeah. So it's been kind of weird to not. Right. But there's others, like, Allison doesn't live as close to us. So, like, with the truck bed thing, she was not able to make it. At least, like, with Cherie, she was able to walk over. Justin could walk over. But we still had some friends that just... Couldn't. That just couldn't be there. Right. But it is a lot of fun. If you're looking for something to do in your neighborhood, just feel like you have something to do for the evening, I would look up that truck bed sing-along tour. Because it's just fun. Yeah. And did you sing? I did sing along. She did sing. That's wonderful. I did. 
that September song. My dad also, one of our friends was uh, doing a live of it. And my dad was like, make sure you're social, di- social distancing. He lives like 10 hours away. <laughs> and was making sure that we weren't close to one another. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of funny. That's a good daddy. The extent of my uh, quarantining now. What about you, Allison? Yeah, so I had a really interesting time quarantining because I got home from Seattle, obviously, quarantining. And I was on a job search while all this started happening, which was just a great time. (laughs) I totally forgot about that, didn't I? I think she had, like, five job interviews lined up for, like, the day or two after you returned, right? About a week or two later, yeah. They all switched to virtual there was one some after all everything went down and I was out of quarantine and everything there was one employer who still wanted me to come in it was a weird experience so yeah. <laughs> but I got a new job uh, which I'm very thankful for during the quarantine yeah but we had they had to move it out for about a month and uh, to see if they were coming back in the office and they obviously didn't so I started my new job at home which is which is not that home job normally uh, and it's the first time I've done that working remotely at all because I'm normally in person in retail so it's been an experience it's been great but it's been an experience working from home and also just trying to manage people people you haven't ever met I have never met in person yeah absolutely so well then just the training process for like for that just sounds like it could be something you'd have to adapt to I guess I'll say exactly exactly so you know they've been great and I've got my little home office set up uh so I've been working from home as well and I don't even know when we're going to go back into the office at this point. So it's been me and my husband and our dog and our cat. So I've been taking my dog on lots of walks. He's very happy. But he's kind of confused that we've been home. Well, I was going to say, what do you think he's going to do when you yeah. go back to work? And my husband here? actually works from home normally. He works downstairs and I work upstairs. And we have lunch together. So that's kind of cool. That's sweet. Yeah. I bet he really loved having you home then. Yeah, that's good. And yeah. for those that you don't know, Allison can throw down in the kitchen, so Kathan's probably been eating like a king. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he has lots of sandwiches on my hour lunch. Right? So. <laughs> so it's definitely been a, a big difference for me going from seeing, you know, maybe a hundred, hundreds of people a day to one. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I binge watched Sex and the City, which I think I already mentioned. I've read a couple of books. I'm about to read the new Hunger Games book. I'm excited about that. I literally didn't know what's coming out until you told me. Yep, I've Same. got it. It just Same. came out It just came out this past week. So I'm very excited about that. And I, of course, reread all the Harry Potter books. Great. That's, That's just cool. a I given. Mean, yeah, you got the time. Do it. I'm trying to get Kathan to rewatch the movies next. So I don't think you'll have to try very hard to convince me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big time commitment, I guess. It is. <laughs> So quarantine. We've got nothing but time. <laughs> so quarantine's definitely been interesting for me, but you know I'm very thankful that obviously we're healthy and it seems like we're gonna get out of this on the other side pretty soon. Hopefully, yes. You just jinxed it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> After that, I've got some great ideas that I looked up for us quarantine at home. I can do these. We can all do these. They're yes. great ideas. Do we I want agree. to do them though? You'll have to be the judge. I can't decide for your life. Straight on my life. <laughs> we all know your life. So I, <laughs> so I put a list together and I thought thought it'd be great for us to evaluate these ideas on the podcast for those at home so they can pick which is their favorite. Or what they would like to do right. in their free time. Exactly. Whatever your likes are, we've definitely got something on this list for you. <laughs> <laughs> so up first on our list is listen to a book read by a celebrity. I know that there have been different celebrities reading different chapters of the first Harry Potter book. Allison mentioned to me that she had listened to Daniel Radcliffe 
How did you like that? <laughs> I was, was I, I obviously love Harry Potter and I love Daniel Radcliffe. You would think like you'd be super excited to hear him read that. Yeah, I'm just imagining it would be great. Right. No. <laughs> no. no. I'm sorry. I couldn't listen to it for more than five minutes. I will say I have seen him in things beyond Harry Potter, obviously, and he doesn't he have a great, it doesn't seem that like he has a great range, and I feel that that would be limiting in rating as all of the characters. So I've obviously listened to Harry Potter, the audiobooks, I listen to them all the time, and the Jim Dale, the voice actor that does the Harry Potter books, is amazing in the Harry Potter books. So I wanted to hear that. And obviously, he is not a trained voice actor. He, I don't think he does cartoons no. or anything like that. So it just wasn't as good. And I was so used to the amazing that it just threw me out. You were expecting that it was going to be like better than that. Yes, because right. I would hear it from Harry Potter. But he's not reading it as Harry Potter. He's reading it Daniel Radcliffe. Exactly, so. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who haven't listened to Jim Dale read the Harry Potter books... Yeah, yeah, go ahead and go ahead. And I don't know any Harry Potter fan that doesn't like that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. pretty good when you listen Every to it. Every Harry Potter fan loves that. If you want want to listen to something while you're uh, driving or doing anything else, driving to the store to get some toilet Vacuuming, paper. working in your yard. Just laying down. Cleaning the bathroom. Doing nothing. Doing these other items on our list. <laughs> <laughs> Great option for those at home that, that just want something else to listen to. Second on our list is to hold a block dinner party. So for this, you would, for the description, bring a table out and enjoy dinner with your neighbors. Together, but apart. You can also hold a virtual wine or beer tasting party. Now, I'm just curious of how a virtual wine tasting or beer tasting would work. How am I going to taste your wine through the computer? You just buy all the same wines <laughs> and then taste them. That just seems excessive. I mean, I agree. I'm not an alcoholic. I don't need 12 bottles of wine. I feel like a virtual wine or beer tasting party is definitely better than holding a dinner block party with people you don't fucking know. Some people do know their neighbors. I know my neighbors. I don't know my neighbors. There's literally a house. You know that one neighbor? (laughs) (laughs) There's literally a house next to me that is filled with like 15 college kids. (laughs) And they're all dudes. I I don't understand. Like... I see, like, three of them all the time. Don't know their names. We never talk to each other. They like to do random shit, like, tan in the backyard for no reason and smoke weed and play beer pong. But then I leave and come back, and there's, like, ten other ones. And you're like, where the fuck did they come from? No, I will be not partaking in any type of dinner party with my neighbors. I'm sorry for you. I like my neighbors. Um, I've actually had dinner parties with my neighbors. So, (laughs) pre-quarantine. So, the thing that got me on this one, that it suggests you bring your table out. We're sitting at my table. Would you guys like to lug this table outside? No. And then lug it back inside? Not at all. But I also wonder about the looks you would get lugging your table out to the street. Logistically, I just don't know how it's supposed to work. What, you're all supposed to sit on your porch and be screaming at each other like, What are you having, Susan? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that mac and cheese looks good. Wish I could have some. I'm going to throw this skewer at you trying to catch it. I like, how, I like how you pick the most dangerous food. <laughs> well, I mean, how I, I, Aerie Dynamics would be the best to throw them. Biscuit? You could, you could throw a roll. <laughs> Try these rolls! <laughs> I just think that that's a little bit absurd. I don't... I mean, unless you're like... Really, sorry. It seems like brisket. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't seem like it would work out with And if you're close with your neighbors, then cool. Like, you guys could just talk. Out on the fucking sidewalk. Why do you need to bring a table out there and be like, let's have some dinner? I'm sitting in your driveway. (laughs) (laughs) 
So we're so our final evaluation is block dinner party. No, maybe no. not so much. No, but if you have one, let us know how. I it would like to know how that went logistically. Yeah. Please send pics. <laughs> Please send pics of you throwing kebabs at people. <laughs> Please have brisket <laughs> and punt it. <laughs> block party, no virtual wine or beer tasting. I think that would be a little bit easier to I do. I feel like we essentially did that when we had our Jackbox night or game night that we did through yeah. this time. Yeah. We had one of those. And that we weren't all drinking though. the same thing, though. I mean, that's even better because you don't have to worry about how it tastes. Well, this is true, but you like it. You're doing a tasting or a beer tasting. You want to? That's be... not really tasting. Right. That's just drinking. You're just drinking just a drink. <laughs> <laughs> so yes and no on that one. Mixed. So next up on our list is to pick up a new instrument. So there are several companies out there giving free lessons online. So all you have to do is find an instrument, and you can use your computer. Or there's even an app that is called Amped Guitar Learning that's giving free lessons as well. So that's an idea. Basically, they just want people to go out and buy guitars. What if I want to play something that's not a guitar? What, well, so Sri, what if you got to learn a new instrument, what instrument would you learn? The bassoon. I don't bassoon. know why, but it's big and I think it'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I played the trumpet in high school. You just played for oh like a Oh my god, I totally forgot you did. Yeah, so... That was for like two years. I it was longer than that. I did it from sixth grade to ninth grade. I don't remember seeing you in band class ever. Well, I was there. You were there for one year. Yeah, I sixth through ninth grade. Did you come to the concerts? Yes. How have we been friends for 15 years and you don't remember me being in band class? I don't remember you being there. Well, anyway, I played the trumpet. Might as well go to the other... End of the spectrum and play the goddamn bassoon. Okay. <laughs> Just saying. So Megan, as someone who plays several instruments, what would you learn? I would go outside of my comfort zone with this one, and I would pick up a didgeridoo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ones that sound like I'm going to do my impression of a didgeridoo. Okay? Please do. That was a pretty good impression, actually. That was impressive, yes. That was good. I do you would, have a didgeridoo? I do not, but my father-in-law does, so it's not like I would have to worry about the stores being closed, because I could just go... Just pick it up. Try his. I'm sure he would let me. So that's combining... Oh, he'd have to give it back, though. He very much loves Combining art. That's combining art and culture. Right? There you go. I love it. He's off... Side note, he and Clayton are also both very much fans of Mo- Mongolian throat singing, so maybe I'll just pick up that. <laughs> you can you add would it have to, to get an instrument. Yeah. Low I, cost. I don't think there's enough lessons in the world to teach me how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I would learn the bass clarinet. Why? Not a lot of people know there's a bass clarinet. It's a lot larger than a regular clarinet. Is it as big as a bassoon? I don't know. Something I feel like I definitely know it's not as big as... A didgeridoo. <laughs> <laughs> it is not as big as a didgeridoo. No. But they had one in our band room, and my senior year, I decided to... That was a to... ghost ad, apparently. <laughs> my senior year, I decided to... part. I learned my way through a Christmas song. There you go, girl. So for our Christmas concert, I got to play it for one song. It was a very simple part, so I would like to learn more bass clarinet. There you go. That'd be cool. You you do it. You can... I, That's a unique I sound. I like it. you, girl. You've got this. So on our next episode, you will be hearing a lovely song played by Sheree on her bassoon, Megan on her didgeridoo, <laughs> and Allison on her bass clarinet. They all go together very well. What <laughs> song that would be? You'll Maybe a Christmas song. May- Christmas song, definitely. I feel like it's time. <laughs> All right, so great idea, great idea if you're at home and you have access to any any instrument. Also on our list is the next one we found online. Build, build a Lego. <laughs> okay. That's so, literally what it says in the list. Build a 
Lego. Not Legos. <laughs> not not assemble Legos. Different. Build with your Legos. Just build a, a Lego. Lego. What do they want me to do? Chop up just one Lego and then just put it back together into a Lego? Like, I don't, I don't know what that Various means. That would be repairing a Lego, not building one. But if it's torn apart, then I'd have to build it back into a Lego. Well, I think we can I think we can assume they mean... Right. Once you read further, like, after the headline, it essentially just says build stuff with nope. your Legos. You just need to read the headline. Like, anyone like, oh, with children haven't already been suffering through that this entire quarantine. And when my kids have been doing that, girl, we're out of options. My kids don't even care. <laughs> They're done. You have more kids now? No, if you count Clayton. Oh, I guess you could, yeah. Her kids don't care anymore about building a Lego. <laughs> so She don't care. She's done. So it says that in the description that you should just take a bin of Legos, dump out on the floor, and do something called free building, which is a new word that I learned. So you're not following the... The kits, Lego kits, you're just... You're building them like you did when we were children and we didn't have kits. We We just just had the Legos. We just made towers. And you built stuff. We just made towers. I personally always like to build build cars, like indestructible things, and like throw them against the wall and see if they held together. Really? Yes. I just built towers really tall and then knocked them over. I wasn't into it. I preferred the Lincoln Logs. Did you build towers out of Lincoln Logs? I built cabins. Okay, well apparently I was the only one that built towers just to knock them down. Biscuit does that. There she just go. likes to build them up and then knock them down. So, if you have Legos at home, dump them out. See what you can make. You can make towers, throw it against the wall, whatever you want to do. The next suggestion on the list is one of my personal favorites. <laughs> <laughs> knit a bad hair day beanie. So, for this, is it assuming you know how to knit? I would assume Is it assuming so. you have access to knitting supplies? Is it assuming that you're going to have a bad hair day? Exactly. Who wants to make a beanie for that? Who cares about a bad hair day when you can't leave the yeah, house? Exactly. You're in your house. No one else is there but you and maybe your husband. Where am I supposed to get knitting supplies? I don't know anything about knitting. I have to purchase it in a store, so I'm knowing that buying the right thing, right? Yeah. Do I need a pattern? Is it like sewing? I think there's several different types of needles. You're going to have to do some research before. Exactly. The amount of research and time that it would take for me to figure out and acquire the supplies to knit a bad hair day beanie, by the end of it, the quarantine will be over anyway. I just love the specificity of this uh, particular not suggestion. Just like, you're not knitting a knit. beanie. It's specifically for bad hair days. Yes. You're not just knitting so clearly knit. in bold letters. Bad hair day beanie. It does suggest a beginner's kit, so I guess those are out there. So just a so kit like, to make bad hair day beanies? I assume it's a normal kit. So they, so this, is, so this is my understanding. They want you to get this beginning kit, learn how to knit a square, and then they want you to go from that to knitting a bad hair day beanie. That seems like a big jump. I feel that whoever owns that beginner kit for the bad hair day beanie paid to be on this list. (laughs) I know we've been in quarantine for a long time, but I feel like it would take me even longer to learn how to knit. Exactly. (laughs) But if you are so inclined and you don't like to do other things, then... Or you know how to knit. Or you have an upcoming bad hair day. Right. Knit yourself a beanie. If you have an upcoming bad hair day and you don't want your cat to see it, you can (laughs) create a very poorly made beanie. You can put a sock on your head. It probably wouldn't fit, but you can try. Because <laughs> who the hell's knitting? Who's going to knit a beanie? It's just what I want to know. Who's going to wear a sock I mean, on people their head? do knit. There are people that enjoy doing that. Well, I know that, but I'm just... I, I don't understand it. Okay, well... <laughs> the next time we see Sheree wearing a sock on her head, we know that she's having a bad hair bad day. Bad hair day! <laughs> You're welcome. All right, next on our list is to plant a container garden. As if you weren't already tired enough of all that yard work (laughs) and care you've been putting in this entire quarantine because I know you have. Because let's get real, what else is there to do? You can add more plants to your life with this container garden. No. I just know. I personally kill every plant that I come into contact with. That I it was a running joke 
at my last job that someone brought bought me a cactus that you weren't supposed to have to do anything with and it would just survive. It died. It, kind of, it died. I mm-hmm. feel that you aren't you supposed to water them periodically? I everyone gave me a different opinion, so I just tried. I really don't know. I've never had it. Died. You can't. You can't have mine. It's dead. They're buried. <laughs> I don't know what they did with that. I think they threw it out. <laughs> I doubt they buried it. So I don't know if this would be on my particular docket. I, I have always wanted to have like an herb garden. That would be cool. But again. The yeah. thing that bothers me most about it is when you like read further past the headline, like the point of the container garden is to have it inside your house. And I I know I'm weird and that a lot of people like having plants inside. I 1000% do not. I don't either. like having plants inside my house. I don't either. It's messy. I feel like it's more work than because you have to be more cautious and careful when you're dealing with them because you're going to get the crap all over the whatever soil. The dirt. Yes. (laughs) Water everywhere. And then also I feel like, I mean, I don't know if this is true because I've never even had indoor plants, but in my mind I feel like that's more of an invitation for like weird little bugs come and hang up in my container garden and no, I don't want no bugs in my house. I've always been worried about pets since I have a cat and a dog and think like that the plant might not they would eat it yeah no they will they 100% will I had especially a, I mean your cat definitely yeah would I had an it. aloe plant and my cats would to town on eating it see I'd be worried that they would eat something that would be bad for them that I wouldn't know about right I don't know there are some people I know that are that love their gardens and love green thumbs so well that's I like the our garden in the backyard I've really gotten into with like the quarantine thing like I enjoy working out there now but that's it that's my extent I'm not bringing that stuff inside but Gross. You if I start. wanted if I wanted to live with plants I would go camping okay <laughs> That's like visiting with plants. Yeah, that's not living with plants. That's true. So I can see, though, where some people like to have gardens. You could have one inside. You're definitely at home to take care of it, monitor it if you had to move it around right. the house. Right, if that's your thing, outside. make a container garden. But also, I feel like if that's your thing, you probably already have a garden of some sort, whether it's a container garden, an outdoor garden. Or just If you're in into house. growing, like, vegetables and plants and herbs and stuff like that, you're doing it already. So none of us in clearly... In <laughs> That's the only one to garden inside, but if you're into gardening and you have a green thumb, unlike me, go right. to town. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I know I said I got into it. I still don't know what I'm doing. I have to ask my mother-in-law for before I do anything because I have no idea what I'm doing. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if you do make a container garden, it's going to help you with the next item on our list, which is fortify your immune system with green juice. No. Please tell me more. <laughs> it says you can whip up a produce-packed smoothie or a green juice. You can have that as part of your normal morning routine. It can support your immune system and also your waistline with plenty of fresh or frozen food, fruits and veggie. That just sounds like a way to make me throw up. Okay, I like smoothies and stuff. That's just another thing. Like, if you like that kind of stuff, I feel like you're probably already doing that. So we actually did try a smoothie with mangoes and strawberries, I think. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So we actually did try this out and make some smoothies. And by the time we were done, it was more like ice cream than anything else. Because yeah. we added ice cream because it didn't taste good. So. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? So you it made a like a smoothie. milkshake that he had. It's essentially a milkshake at that point is what I'm picturing. We basically made milkshakes, A milkshake. Yes. A mango strawberry milkshake. We started with very healthy ingredients and wound up with the milkshake. Yes. But did you try <laughs> using green we did not items. try green That's juice. That's not fortifying your immune system then. I we really don't know what my celery eat. juice. But I did I'm make... not doing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm drinking the faculty smoothies. I'm not fortifying anything. But I did make some muffins with spinach in them. And they were pretty good. Why do you do weird things like that? <laughs> it's healthy for you, Megan. Why do you do weird things like that? What was the thing she made that one time? Why are you Macaroni and cheese one? and there was no macaroni or there cheese. There was no cheese in it. Yeah, it's healthy. Healthy. It's healthy. <laughs> it's healthy cheese. <laughs> 
it's a healthy hamburger mac and cheese without the cheese. Then just call it a healthy hamburger macaroni. Just say hamburger pasta. It's got yeast instead of cheese. Oh, but why would you call it mac and cheese if it doesn't have a mac and cheese? If it doesn't have cheese. Thank hamburger you. pasta. Well, you blend carrots so it looks cheesy. That sounds terrible. That's like offering someone bacon and it being tofu. Well, y'all just need to expand your palates. Do you yeah, want this plant-based getta? No, nobody wants that. Megan apparently really doesn't want it. <laughs> I mean, I'll try it, but the name is just so misleading. I mean, y'all should try them. They're pretty good. It does sound good. I mean, it sounds good to me, but the name is misleading. I feel like that's why a lot of people that aren't from Cincinnati don't like our chili because they picture Texas chili. It should be named something different. So, vote's still out. No on the juice. No, just no. If you want to try it, try it. You probably aren't going to like it, but... You might end up with milkshakes. Yes. (laughs) You're better off if you do. So the next up on our list I thought was really interesting. So it says you can take your time during quarantine to perfect your cat eye with liquid eyeliner. So in honor of this, I used this morning. I put on my very small cat eye with my liquid eyeliner. You go, girl. I have liquid eyeliner I haven't even opened. I live off of liquid eyeliner. So I can appreciate this, but also like I'm, I really love liquid eyeliner and mine is not cheap. So I'm not going to waste my expensive eyeliner to use on my face when I can't even leave my house. Yeah, my no. um, my makeup budget's definitely gone down. Since Why would I be quarantine. using my good stuff when I can't even leave? Like I'm not wasting my makeup. You can take cool selfies. There's I'm filters not, for that. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> that's true. But if you don't know how to do, I don't your know cat how to eye, do it. Then you could spend your time. Yeah, just with, make sure you get like a cheap. Don't be using your cat Von D or nothing. So we recommend something cheap, cheap liquid to eyeliner practice to practice because it doesn't matter how it looks right. afterward. Well, it does for a short time, but it doesn't have to be long lasting. Right, just to get those movements down. And remember, they are sisters, not twins. <laughs> I have no desire to do that. Okay, <laughs> so we've got two to one on that one. All right, the next one is get your feet sandal ready. For those beaches that you probably won't be able to go to. (laughs) (laughs) So it says keep your feet from looking like they were quarantined with a with a werewolf by doing a little prep work now. Which, let me just say, that makes no sense to me because your feet get torn up and nasty from, like, walking and, like, being physically active, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, we've all been quarantined not doing anything, like, literally sitting on our butts. So if anything, my feet look better now than they did pre-quarantine. A lot of people are, like, taking walks and, like, running and stuff like that now, too, so... Their feet may not look as pristine as yours. I ain't getting my feet ready for nothing because it sounds like they ain't got nowhere to go this year. Yeah. I'm waiting for the uh, nail salons to reopen back up because my nails are pretty rough. Guys, I've never had my nails done. I know. We want or you to Or a go. pedicure ever. We tried to get you to go for her wedding. It's a really good time. Yeah. And that guy had that crazy head tattoo. You missed out. Yeah, the head tattoo? Yeah. And hair was tattooed on. I did not know that. It was his hair was tattooed on to his head. Interesting. So I'm waiting for the nail salons to open back up. I mean, I did cut. I'm going I to see the guy with the head tattoo. That's about it. If your feet do look to like be fair, like To be fair, like, it is a part of self-care. Yeah. Doing no. your feet, that kind of thing. So if you have been, like, just feeling lonely or depressed or down on yourself or anything during this quarantine time, you could try that to kind of brighten your spirits and make you... Just put a little bit of extra pep in your step, you know. Help get you through it. Right. Absolutely. But, you know, don't get your feet too excited. They're probably not going to a beach. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) On the topic of self-care, something else you could do is care for your home by cleaning your windows. I'm not fucking doing that. Because, let's face it, (laughs) during quarantine, we have all been spending more time looking out of our windows than usual. Who? (laughs) 
fucking creeper. <laughs> your cats. Are you the guy from Disturbia? Like, okay, well, to... for example, you, your cats have been up in the window the whole time you're working, so they're making them filthy, so go clean them. No. Oh, I was thinking more that you want them to have a better view, so you might want to clean them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, that, for our cases, but I guess Cherie doesn't look out her window, so clean them for your cats to have a better view. Um, I'm not a creep, so no, I do not just look out my windows. Again, it seems oddly specific to clean your windows, but... Yeah. Yeah, it seems very specific to clean your... I've never seen anyone clean their windows. Seriously? Not since I've lived in the house. I haven't seen anybody clean their windows. Uh, I mean, I can see it because I work from home next to two giant windows. So, like, I definitely noticed they could probably they could probably get cleaned. Now, I do I feel like it? that's no. one of those chores that always gets put off because... Because you're like, why would I clean my windows? They're just going to get dirty in a matter of, you know, a day or a couple hours. Like, it's what just... What are you doing to your windows, Sheree? A couple hours? I'm just I have cats that, like, look out the window. So they would probably be... love a nice view. They can still see. <laughs> Their view is not that obstructed. <laughs> the reason I think that one's funny to be on the list, though, is because this list is supposed to be a fun things to do. <laughs> That's the only person. Quarantine. The only person I think would have fun cleaning windows is Clayton. I can just see Clayton being like, "I'm gonna go clean the windows today," and you're he just would, like, "Okay." He would really enjoy that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Clayton and Devin probably. Really, it's a family trait. <laughs> Well, my windows remain dirty. Uncleaned. <laughs> Unclean. They are unclean. You should you should just ask Clayton one day and be like, hey, what do you think about cleaning the windows? Just see if he does it. I just want to know. Please do it. I will report back <laughs> next time on Queens in the City. Did Clayton clean their windows? <laughs> we'll find out. Bum, bum, bum. That brings us to the last thing on our list. And this is the one that's going to make you say the WTF <laughs> the very most. Make new friends. While ah. you're in quarantine. <laughs> New friends in a quarantine. That's legitimately... Tell me more. A suggestion. So it says, you don't need to leave your house to make a new pal. A free app called Quarantine Chat is connecting thousands of strangers worldwide. (laughs) Once you sign up, you'll get a random call from a stranger. So if you do not have enough scam artists blowing up (laughs) your cell phone already, sign up for this app. I feel like definitely like the new friend you make is going to be like a Nigerian prince who really needs like a tax-free American account. Absolutely. And the next day you're going to get a phone call from the IRS saying that you're about to be arrested if you don't give them your (laughs) bank account information. Yes. And they tell you, talk to your new friend about anything you want to. Your spring cleaning rituals. Your new yeast starter. Bleep. What? For making bread. I know what it means, but you're just going to be like, so I made this new yeast starter today and it's going to make some wonderful sourdough in a while. No one gives a <laughs> sh- No one gives a fuck. Just saying. Your quarantine friend will. <laughs> your guess. quarantine friend will. You guys can there. talk about your yeast starters together. So I don't know. I don't, wouldn't feel comfortable connecting with random people, but I guess if you're really outgoing and you've kind of been stuck in the house during quarantine and you want somebody to talk to, then it might be a good option I just feel you. like it's something bad waiting to happen. One of my questions that I think is probably a weird question to have, this is an international app, so what if it pairs you with someone that ends up calling you at like 3 o'clock in the morning because they're all the way across afternoon. the world. Right, and they're like, hey, I'm your And then you say, let me tell you about spring, and they're like, oh, it's winter here. Very yeah. true. Maybe they tried to match people up who are like relatively close to one another maybe. So you can develop a stalker. I just feel like that this is the thing you don't want to do to yourself especially when you're at home. Or is it like a dating app but like for friendship? I'm sure that some people it's are kind of what it, it is. Way. think it's weird. Not but you fast. have I mean we all have seen like a lot of videos of people like having air quote dates via FaceTime with people that they're meeting off of, like they're meeting people on dating apps and then like they prepare a date where they both prepare the same meal or like I've seen one where the guy did Uber Eats for him and then he had the same thing delivered to her house and then oh, they FaceTime to him. 
their meal together. That's kind of cute. I like that. We should put like some candles up. Um, like, all I took away from that is that girl does not understand stranger danger because why are you giving a strange man off of a dating app your address when you have not even met him? Right. Nope. Because he had to have her address to deliver that food. I'm exactly. That's true. That's you true. should watch some Lifetime and get, learn you some. So can have virtual dates, meet some new friends online, or possibly a future date. A future husband? Wife? Or a future stalker. Life partner? <laughs> stalker? Just a stranger. <laughs> Murderer? <laughs> Only one way to find out. Quarantine chat. Go ahead and download it. If you dare. <laughs> if you dare. <laughs> At your own free will, we are not liable for what you do with yourself. Right. If you want to talk to a stranger and give them your, you know, your address so they can send you food, that's on you, bro. So to summarize our list, I guess the things that we've kind of picked out for our listeners that we consider to be good options for your quarantine is to pick up a new instrument yes which does sound fun right get your local bassoon today if you have access to purchase one (laughs) (laughs) also to make milkshakes not smoothies or green juice be careful with that though because i have heard that it can bring a lot of boys to your yard (laughs) (laughs) they can't they're all in quarantine (laughs) if they're there they shouldn't be to perfect your cat eye with liquid eyeliner that's cheap and to get your feet thin already if they look like a werewolf so you can pretend you're going to the beach because we all know that florida is going to end up closing again the way they've been doing things (laughs) you can go hang out in your inflatable pool (laughs) that's very true all right, so we would love for you to tell us about what you're doing during quarantine Brilliant. or follow if you follow any of our suggestions that we've made to you. If you knit a bad hair day beanie, by gosh darn, I want to see it. Yeah, I want a picture. And could you please knit one for the three of us? Or I guess yeah, we would gladly three. accept them. I would love one. Uh, and if you put a sock on your head to cover up your bad hair, then please send us pictures of that too. Don't go out in public like that. Though. It's going to look like you're trying to rob somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you're already wearing a mask. That's very true. Yeah. Don't walk into a bank like that. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> this brings us to the end of our third episode of the Queens in the City podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you haven't already, please listen to episode one or two, wherever you prefer to get your podcast. As most of you know, June is Pride Month, and with everything going on in you know in the world, a lot of places aren't going to be holding their annual Pride celebrations. We wanted to dedicate an episode specifically to the LGBTQ plus experience. So if you have any you know any stories you want to tell us about your coming out experience or things that you've seen that have changed since you've come out, let Basically us know. stories about your experience to highlight why Pride Month is so important and why those celebrations. Right. Really just highlight what the celebration is all about. On Twitter, you can find us at, at Queens and City. You can email us at queensinthecinci, C-I-N-C-I, at gmail.com. And if you want to remain anonymous, we'll, we'll, we'll you know, we'll respect, we'll respect that. If you want to come on. If you want to share an experience or a story yourself, we would be happy to have you here. Yeah, so just let us know. If you want to reach out to us personally on Twitter, you can reach me, Allison, at at Alisante, A-L-I-S-O-N-T-E. You can reach me at Sheree Seriously, so it's S-H-E-R-I and then Seriously. And you can find me on Twitter at Megan in Cincy, C-I-N-C-Y, because it's the real way you spell it. I'll talk about this again. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you so much for listening. Please share us with your friends so that we're able to continue to put out great content. If you have any suggestions on future episodes, let us know. We're happy to look into that for you. And with that, we bid you farewell. Queens out. Bye. Bye.